1: And then verse 48, Jesus says, You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And the point of this statement is devastating to anyone who thinks they can earn heaven by their own merits and by their own efforts.
0: Pastor Leighton Sheely will explain that statement from the fifth chapter of the book of Matthew as we share with you another edition of Study Verse by Verse here on this Thursday. I'm Mike Trout. This is an outreach from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Check them out on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And I'll talk more about the service times when we get down to the end of today's broadcast. If you can, grab your Bible and turn to the first book in the New Testament, and the fifth chapter.
1: Verse 25, Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. And so what Jesus is pointing out very practically, if you can get something resolved before it gets to the point of court, do that. But beyond this practical and temporal matter is an eternal matter. Because this sin of anger, like all sins, is ultimately committed against God. And that's why Jesus talks about being thrown into prison until you paid the last penny. He's he's not just thinking of a physical prison. He's thinking about hell. And he's telling us we need to get these things right before judgment day and our destiny is sealed. Verse 27, You've heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. And so Jesus here again is quoting an Old Testament passage from the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And according to this law, the person must not have sexual relations with anyone other than their spouse within the lifetime marriage covenant between one man and one woman. And Jesus is saying even the desire to have that kind of relationship with someone other than your spouse is mental adultery and thus sin. And so what he's doing here is he's addressing the heart of the matter that sin really begins in the heart. And, and he's saying that we have to be careful about our thoughts, and when, and when we find a destructive habit or thought pattern, we need to cut it off and throw it away. Now, we can't control what comes into our minds. We can be watched, watching television and some commercial comes up and something provocative triggers something in our mind. We, we're in a world that... We're inundated with images and so forth. We, don't, we can't control what comes into our minds. But we can control what stays in our minds. What we choose to think about. The apostle Paul wrote, take every thought captive to obey Christ. And elsewhere he tells us to think about things that are noble and pure. Now lust often contributes to divorce, and so that's the next issue that Jesus addresses. He says, it was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Jesus said, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Now all of us, almost without exception, are impacted in some way through family and friends by those who've gone through divorce and remarriage and so forth. And so after we had done the Sermon on the Sermon on the Mount series on this passage, there were a number of people who had questions for clarification. So uh, we invited our resident expert, Pastor David Smith, to come back the next week and clarify what the Bible teaches on this issue of divorce, remarriage, and so forth. And that's also part of that sermon series. So, marriage is a kind of a very special kind of an an oath. And so now Jesus broadens his attention on not just this one oath, but all our oaths. He said, Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. And so what Jesus here is addressing an elaborate system that the religious leaders had created that evaluated how binding... An oath was, depending on how it was created. And what they taught was the only oaths that we're responsible for are those that were made to the Lord. But if you made your oath to heaven or earth or Jerusalem or anything other, then it wasn't really binding. And modern-day lawyers continue the practice of integrating convenient loopholes into agreements such that sometimes they're not even worth the paper, they're printed on. But God is our example. And God makes promises. And God keeps the promises he makes. And God our Father wants his children to be like him. So Jesus said, let your yes mean yes. And your no mean no. Let your words be few and clear when making any commitment. And make sure you fulfill the commitments that you make. known as the Lex Talionis. And it's, uh, it appears even in the code of laws called, called the Code of Hammurabi, which predates the Old Testament. And it was intended to be instructions to a judge in a judicial system in handing out the punishment. And what the instructions are is to make the punishment fitting to the crime. Not too great, not too small, but fitting to the crime. It was designed to be applied by a judge in a judicial system, not by an individual. And people who use this principle tend to use it in such a manner it leads to revenge. Because people don't like to get even, they like to get a little bit more than even. And they don't have a just way of measuring what damages were actually done. And so what Jesus is telling us here is that Christians are to seek justice, but not to seek revenge or retaliation. The Apostle Paul wrote, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So someone does you harm. Someone's an enemy, they do you harm. Leave vengeance in the hand of God. In fact, Jesus goes beyond just commanding us not to retaliate or seek ve- revenge. He commands us actually, can you get this, to love our enemies. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be the sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even Gentiles do the same? See, Jesus is calling his followers to live by a higher standard. And he himself is our example. And Jesus personally illustrated this commandment in action. When he went to Calvary's cross... Because of his love for his enemies. Remember the scriptures tell us that one time we were his enemies. And then verse 48, Jesus says, You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And the point of this statement is devastating to anyone who thinks they can earn heaven by their own merits and by their own efforts. Because the standard is perfection, and every one of us falls short. And if you understand this first, then you understand the essence of what Jesus is teaching and the heart of the gospel. None of us are perfect. None of us will be able to keep the law, be righteous in front of God by keeping the law. The apostle Paul wrote, for what the law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so He condemns sin and sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. The word Spirit is capitalized. When the word Spirit is capitalized, it's a reference to the Holy Spirit. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, the Holy Spirit comes to live within us to guide us and empower us to do what is pleasing in the sight of God. And so Jesus is calling us to rise above mediocrity and to mature and become more and more like Him. And to do that, we can't accomplish that in our own strength. We depend upon God's Holy Spirit working within us. And despite all of this, we will never achieve perfection. That's why we need to be saved from our sin. And that's why Jesus came to be our Savior. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this, not of yourself, it's a gift from God. Amen. Amen. And Lord, we're so very, very thankful for your word. It makes it so very, very clear. And Lord, we do come to you, poor in spirit. We recognize that we are totally dependent upon you for everything. We are so glad that you are so generous and gracious and merciful and good. Thank you, Lord, for revealing this to us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. God bless. Go with God.
0: Pastor Layton Sheely and another message from his Matthew series. And we'll move into Chapter 6 tomorrow. I hope you can join us. And as always, all of the messages are available on the website at highlands.us. Details about the church can be found right there, including the service times. There are multiple services across the weekend starting on Saturday evening at 5 and then going through Sunday morning and again Sunday evening at 6 p.m. All the details, as I said, are on the website highlands.us, and you can share with us the fact that you listen to this broadcast. When you go to the website, just click on the contact link. I'm Mike Trout. Have a great rest of your day, and come back tomorrow when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.